This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Coach Hall here in the Coach Hall locker room. Professor Ward Scott has become Coach Hall, which I once was, Coach Hall. And all professors and all coaches are teachers. So don't get too hung up about it. Don't overthink it too much. Coach Hall's locker room is like the library. And uh, we'll just switch books. So we've got a lot to talk about today. And uh, one of the things I want to prepare you for, of course, is to remind you that we are in the Melvin Law Studio. Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Fighting Gator. And we are protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention and sponsored by on-the-spot cleaners, uh, Ocasio, all state insurance, uh, R&R construction, you name it. I can't go through them all. Style cuts and donated to by some of you out there who like us a lot and help us do our research. Well, 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 well. Here we are. Where shall I begin? It's uh, an interesting, I'm looking for the word. Imagine I'm looking for the word. Um, confluence of society's issues that come together during the so-called Super Bowl obsession. See, a lot of words will work here. I can't remember, as you may know, and a lot of you I know listening can too, the very first Super Bowl and why it came about. We had a thriving American Football League and we had a thriving National Football League. And it wasn't going to be able to go on like that because they were getting in bidding wars over players. And the bidding war that made it apparent was who was going to get Joe Namath. Well, now, Joe Namath went for about between four dollars and $500,000 by West Bank, Weebu Bank, the New York Jets. That was considered to be obscene amount of money. But it's what it was going to take, the owners of those AFL teams decided, to put their footprint in the middle of this football obsession. And they did it. And on top of it, they got a showman who predicted he would beat the Johnny Unitas, 
Baltimore Colts. And he did. And that began it all. And I remember it, Steve Spurrier was to be the next one that would get maybe, perhaps, the first million-dollar signing bonus. And rather than let that happen, the leagues merged. We're talking circa 1966. And I'm talking from memory, okay, no notes. Just where was I? What was going on when this news came down? So you live long enough, and things happen. And uh, oh, you live long and, enough, and, uh, and things happen. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to turn down. I got so many computers here. Uh, you live long enough that things happen, and that happened that day. And um, the only alternative once those leagues merged was uh, Canada. Of course, Canada is a different playing field, different salary schedule, different world. Canada is not the United States and the NFL. In fact, I can see the NFL taking root in Europe. I don't see it in Canada. I don't see it in South America. I don't see it in China. I do see it in Europe. It has already begun to put feelers out over there. Well, and Donnie Anderson, yes, 400,000 from Green Bay. Well, my point is, I was told yesterday by somebody who is in the business world with whom I confer once in a while, just primarily about the football business world. The value, the dollar value of the NFL, if you was to take and buy the entire NFL, which means you have to buy all those teams, all those owners, all those stadiums, all that stuff. The numbers were too big for me to for me to actually assimilate. But it was billions and billions and billions of dollars. Billions. There's no way. There's just no way to get your head around. The value from the time that the AFL and the NFL merged to now. I'm not anybody. I'm sure somebody probably is, knows exactly what's going on. And what's projected from here is even greater. So you ask yourself, what is it that makes us, well, I'm sure there's some who don't, but makes most of us turn into couch potatoes 
and watch these games all day long. I've got a couple Coach Hall observations. One is I think the ability to identify talent, properly place talent in the right cities, with the right coaches, and the right owners is probably as good as it's ever been. And the number one player that has the greatest value is the quarterback. Because the game has been built around the talents of that individual. No better example, probably, for those of us who watch this show, than A.R. Richardson. A.R. Richardson's still a kid. Basically, in the world of athletic value, he hasn't done anything. He's not old enough to have done anything. And particularly now that he's injured, he has, he's not old enough to have done anything. But he goes first in the draft because of his amazing athletic ability. Fast, jump, all that. So we got to wait another year and figure it out. But he's not the only one. Jay Burrow. Another one. Cincinnati. Gets hurt, stays out a year, comes back. A home, the kid is running the Chiefs. These guys have been identified. And they know now who they are from the time they're a little kid. They're going to be sought after, I promise you, by a NIL when they're still in Pop Warner. Mark my word. They're going to be recruiting these guys and maybe paying them. Well, I'm, I'm sure of that. I, I'm sure that will happen. Paying them. And steering them toward the right high school coach. What's it really already been doing? This is the argument for why the NFL is coming to NIL has come into existence. It's already been going on. And steering them toward the right high school, right coach, then to the right college, and maybe even skipping college. They skip college now in basketball. Why not get around to where you can skip it in football? If you're going to take an A.R. Richardson, as a an adult male is not even dry behind the ears yet. 
Why not? If he's only going to spend one year at Florida, maybe two to most, in college, why, why even send him there? Well, we'll send him there because he'll make two, three, four million dollars while he's there each year. So this has become an enormously seductive business. And hanging on by its coattails, and I got to say, doing quite nicely, it's basketball. Not just male basketball, but female basketball. You take a look at women's sports right now. The South Carolina women's basketball game was sold out. LSU sell out. South Carolina, South Carolina sell out. I'm all for that. Thank goodness. I hope Florida gets there. Florida looks better now than they ever have on the women's court. I think Kelly Ray is a good coach. She'll get there. Back her up. Now, the pro leagues for the women are not yet what they are for the basketball. But go look at the NBA. I mean, we've got phenomenal athletes over there with phenomenal scores. Phenomenal competition. Skipping college altogether. Right to the product. What's the link pin with all the pieces? Television. Except television is now streaming. Which opens up even more possibilities to get this fluid presentation methodology eventually. You'll be able to watch on your watch. So rather than decline, and look at the ads pouring out, pouring out. You want to get on that coattail. Look at the sports podcasts. The sports podcasts. Oh my God, I just took time out and looked at some of the ones that are not Podcasts, but they're TV shows. And they might as well be podcasts. They probably are simultaneously. And until we were kicked off of YouTube, we were simultaneously on YouTube here. But this is a political world. It's not a sports world, per se. <clears throat> so, We had the most interesting competition this weekend. We had a former male basketball coach 
that left here, I never have gotten the reasons right, but he went to Georgia and came back and lost to us here yesterday for a person we brought in who best characterized, I think, as a student of data like Napier. They study data, which I don't agree with. And I'll tell you why, because if you look at that game Sunday, the kids for Florida were having fun, running up and down the field, running and running like a bunch of puppies fighting over a ball of yarn and winning. And it came down near the end of the game, and you could see it. The coach for Florida take his foot off the gas. I can just hear what went on. Okay, we got it. Just avoid losing. Hang on the ball for the next two minutes. We'll go home winners. Next two minutes, they catch up. We go to overtime. I'm lucky to be there. The problem was not the players. The problem was the coach. Which makes me a little nervous about the coach. Is this a characteristic of this coach? Not good. When did you ever see Steve Spurrier back off? Now coffee. When did you ever see him back off? He's going to keep the pedal to the metal. He's going to humiliate you. He's going to make sure he won. So we get this whole mix going on this weekend. Women basketball, sold out. Men's basketball, exciting. Football, over the top. And the interesting thing, put this in now the mix. I think production has got this queued up in a minute. Uh, he'll tell me if he doesn't. We talked about it. A romance into the rugged, manly sport of football. There is, we have a picture. Ah, yes. A picture. They're both the same age, 34 years old. Of arguably the biggest draw, or one of the biggest draws in music, particularly female music. And a sports hero from the football field. You have the the violent gladiator. And the damsel in the tower. And she's literally in the tower. There she is. 
in the tower. That is the, uh, the, the private condominium, or what do you call it, of the team. It doesn't get any better than that in terms of storyline. The fair damsel swept away by the stunning knight in armor. It is the best marketing capstone that could have come to the NFL this year. It is an amazing piece of marketing and appears to have been done quite realistically for good reasons. It just happens to be conveyed by people who also know how to market. She, obviously, more than he. Now, put in the mix of this. Put in the mix of this. Two or three other stories I want to get into before the break. We have a situation that we've covered many a time. The debate over whether it's fair to allow transgender females to compete in sports against athletes of the same gender they identify with. They identify with. Now, Biden has put his hand on the scale. Last April, he rolled out a new Title IX regulation that expanded the meaning of sexual discrimination to include gender identity that would prevent schools and colleges from banning transgender athletes. Under Biden's policy, no school or college that receives federal funding is allowed to impose a one-size-fits-all policy that categorically bans transgender athletes from playing on sports teams consistent with their gender identity. Such a policy would be considered a violation of Title IX. So saith the article in Fox News. So this week, a high school girls tennis coach in Oregon named Dave Brown stepped down from his position. He said on social media video that he resigned from his position as the head girls varsity tennis coach at Kenby High School. He added that he had difficulty making the decision to abruptly end his coaching tenure and argued that the Title IX policy put women at risk. Well, there you have it. But we know that the violence of the football field 
makes it less inviting for a person in sexual confusion, shall we say, to go out there and risk slugging it out with a Travis Kelsey. I think that's also part of the enormous draw. That will be. At the same time, we know that the NCAA won't say is embarrassed, but they feel as if they need to come up apparently because of the uh, news that they're going to investigate Florida's football program, that they're going to need to come up with some guidelines to this NIL. Practically everybody wants them. But the question becomes, how do you create them? Who enforces them? And what are the penalties? Last story I want to cover. I've said this often that these linemen, the offensive linemen particularly, is the most important athlete on the football team. Even though we've identified the quarterback, pay him a lot of money, he can make or break the game. It's the lineman that makes it possible for the quarterback to do that. Wall Street Journal had an article before yesterday's game. Hope you got to watch him. A 320-pound lineman or San Francisco named Trent Williams. He hasn't scored any touchdowns this season. Or has he ever scored one in his career? But the quarterbacks for the 49ers tell you, can't win without him. He's the left tackle. He protects the blind side of the right-handed quarterback. This guy is what you look for. 6'5", 320, mobile, hostile, versatile. Those are the tiles. He is the biggest single, according to the insiders know the game, indicator that San Francisco coaching staff was committed to taking it to the next level. The 49ers have won 43 of the 65 games he's played, and he lost six of the nine he missed. His presence means that the 49ers running backs rush for nearly 40 more yards on average. 
he's worth four and a half points to his team's toes per game. He's a Hall of Famer, and Christian McCaffrey says he is the best. Absolutely the best. Did anybody watch it? I doubt it. I doubt it. It's just like Travis Kelsey's brother, who plays center, all pro for the Philadelphia Eagles. He is a damn good center. He dominates and controls that line. It's the stretch to say this. He's probably more valuable to the team than Travis Kelsey is to his team. Because nobody outdoes him up there on the line. They've got three tight ends with the Chiefs. They've only got one center that they play consistently with the Eagles. Coach Hall, we'll be right back with Ward's weather in a minute. <laughs> Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On-the-Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. 
Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to Ward's Weather, brought to you by Lewis Oil. Also, fuel Chevron gas. Wonderful people. Fill up at Chevron with Lewis Oil. The weather report is kind of chilly out here in the uh, Piney Woods of North Central Florida. In the high 40s right now. And only going to go up to the low 60s. So we got a little bit of a, eh, a little bit of a refreshing change. And uh, we've not had any rain in the last uh, day or two, but we got some the other night. We'll take it. And um, looks like it's going to be this way for a little while. So settle in and get used to it. Nationwide, the West has been getting a lot of snow. And you may have heard about the young lady who was trapped overnight in a gondola out there in Heavenly. Wow. 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 She made it okay, but something like that shouldn't be happening. They're going to look into that and figure out how in the world a snowboarder got on there right at dusk and spent the night. Not a friendly place to be, I can tell you that. I've been in that gondola on Heavenly, and um, generally I don't like gondolas. Um, but there you are. you got to have them to get where you're going. Um There's a story going on right now that I've resisted getting involved in, reading about, studying, and I'm just amazed at it. I'm just amazed. No, it's not the one where New York is trying to take away Trump's business. That one, as well, is amazing. Just amazing. Having had a broker's license, having been involved for a number of years in real estate transactions, borrowing and paying back money, building projects. My father was in the construction business. You got to wonder, what in the world are these people thinking? And it just sails right into the courtroom where you, you snag a prosecuting attorney, an angry person, And down in another courtroom, is something I thought, oh, well, I see what they're doing. It's another angle to try to get Trump. You go after him like, see, going after Trump or the Democrats or the never Trumpers, it's kind of like a bicycle wheel. The bicycle wheel is 360 degrees. It's got an axle through it. 
And it's got spokes all the way around it. Well, think of every one of those spokes as a trial. And they are trying to bust up as many of those spokes as possible. Until that tire wobbles and becomes incapable of taking anyone from point A to point B. In this case, it would be Trump running for the presidency. The spoke I'm talking about now You know, we've got them in uh, Georgia. You know, we've got the one in New York. I can't, I can't, I listened to them the other day. Kind of blew me away. You got Christy over there who was calling him names. You got Haley chased him. The one I'm talking about. Is this woman? Who claims and has won in one court. Her claim that Trump whatever. It's a family show, so I won't repeat the details. Now she's not finished. And the courts were not let. She kicked one spoke out, kicked another spoke out. Jean Carroll, E. Jean Carroll, has another defamation suit. And that jury, I don't know, every time I see something like this, I have a, I have a piece of poetry in my head. The glove don't fit, you must acquit. The glove don't fit, you must acquit. And the guy gets away scot-free until the civil suit, which he never pays. $83.3 million were defaming her in 2019 when she claimed that Trump sexually assaulted her in a dressing room in the mid-1990s. Mid-1990s. 30 years ago. There's zero evidence. The New York Magazine 
printed a story. It doesn't exist as near as I know now. The store, apartment store, or whatever they claim it took place in, had no surveillance video. And zero witnesses. The woman came forth with the allegations when she first began promoting a book entitled What Do We Need Men For? And in that book, it features a list of, quote, the most hideous men of my life, end quote. Furthermore, the woman was unable to remember when the alleged attack even occurred. She says the date has been jumping around in her mind. It jumped from 1994, she says, to her lawyer, then to 1995, and even 1996. She can't even remember the season. The natural season. When the event supposedly occurred. This has all been cataloged and put together by Breitbart. She supposedly had a blazer on, a dress that wasn't even made at the time of her claims. In that testimony, she said she wore the dress in 1994. The dress wasn't made in 1994. She's never come forward with these allegations over the years, despite constantly being open about sexuality, posting things that were very sexual in nature on social media. Remarks such as, how do you know your unwanted sexual advance is unwanted until you advance it? Trump shared this kind of stuff, tried to show what she was like. He should, have, he should have stayed away. He should have ignored her. You never pay attention to these people. Anonymous hate mail. You never try to answer it. You never try to run it down. That's what they want. If you acknowledge it, if you spawn, you've given it credence. She's got conflicting testimony all over the place. On a podcast, 
She said she was never raped. She's named her cat Vagina. Now, maybe. And when I talk to people who are liars, who deal with this kind of crap all the time, and mediators and whatnot, they say, oh, the Supreme Court eventually will straighten it out. Isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame? Furthermore, the May 2023 story by Carol has all sorts of similarities to a 2012 TV story, a law a episode of Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, and in that show, entitled Theater and Tricks, an individual talks about a rape fantasy in Bergdorf Gordon, the same department store where Carol claims yes, it took place. In psychology. It's called role playing. Basically, what this woman has done, I'm looking over this well detailed list I have here. As I say, it's a family show, or I'd read some of this stuff to you. I guess she features herself a sex therapist. I always wondered about those people. Sex therapists. They go through role playing. Um, they write books about it. They have letters to the editor thing. Here's a reply. She gave advice to somebody who asked her, she said, stop flagellating yourself. Gad sucks. At least you have orgasms. And if that isn't spontaneous sex, I don't know what it is. And there she goes. She goes off down some trail. All of this. And the jury gives an 18 $3 million. Furthermore, who's paying for her? She's financially backed by an anti-Trump Democrat megadonor named Reed Hoffman. Who just so, so, so has it visited Jeffrey Epstein's private island. Well, who didn't? One of Carol's attorneys is Roberta Kaplan, a Democrat Party activist 
who led the group Time's Up. Well, says he doesn't know any of these people. I don't know. Probably he glanced at them as some influential party. And he claimed, or they claimed, he knew them. Cannot be serious. So he's got 91 charges. How many spokes on a bicycle wheel? I have to go out and count them. 91 charges. And those spokes, to continue my analogy, each one has a different from improperly retaining classified documents to hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. One of the big legal questions is, can you obstruct justice when there's no evidence or no investigation? Meanwhile, There are a couple of guys, black guys, who have redeemed their identities. I happen to think it's fascinating. Number one or number two, you can switch them around, doesn't matter, is Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Dogg has played the whole country for fools. He's done the dope. He's hung with the bad boys. Now he's selling beer by the ocean. He's selling anything he wants to sell. And he has come out, said he loves Trump. 
The dog. Snoop Doggy Dog. The other one. Bad dude. Everybody loves him now. And he is charming. And he's very bright. Very funny. Mike Tyson. Tyson, Mike Tyson got more ink than any of the other boxers that are still living. He's just straight up honest. The dog, he's just straight up honest. That's pretty interesting. That's very interesting. If the dog is out there, at one time one of the world's biggest thugs, if Tyson's out there, at one time one of the world's biggest thugs, saying this dead gum guy, Trump is a great guy. Well, you know, that ought to help. So it's, it's a wild time, is it not? Check and see anything that more have been talking. Go look at my uh, computer real quick. Coach Hall's locker room. Meanwhile, isn't it interesting? How the whole Middle East deal, which is as horrific as anything that's ever been publicly rolled out, anything, has just disappeared from the front page, has just disappeared from the media. The saturation point or horrific News is spilling over the top of the container. There is so much horrific news that only the most horrific spills over the top each day and only spills over for a day or two. And then it's on to another piece of horrific news. That's what I'm beginning to think. That's what I'm beginning to feel. And we're dull to it. Give us your worst. Can't be worse than what we already had. You don't hear more about it. It's amazing. I mean, we're just numb to the violence. We love it in the sports. Can't get enough of it. 
we probably love it in the news headlines. It's just got to be fresh every day. It can't be the same stuff. You hear any more about Ukraine? No. You hear more about Israel? No. What's going on? Not new? You don't hear it. Maybe. Maybe. Just making me wonder about it. Have a great day. We're all command center out.